It was happening again. She was sure of it. Tim came back to the apartment late that Thursday. Not very late, just late enough. Sorry, darling, something came up, he mumbled. He never took his eyes off the floor. She knew on the instant. He headed straight for the bathroom, another sign. He showered for nearly 20 minutes, checking himself for stray hairs and lipstick stains, no doubt, sniffing at himself to make sure every trace of perfume was washed away. Margaret sat in the living room, knitting. She stared over the tops of the clicking needles. Her lips were pressed tightly together. I will not permit it, she thought. He promised it was the last time. She had no trouble finding out who it was. She knew it would be someone young, first of all. Someone blonde, someone accessible, but not so close as to cause trouble when it was over. She knew they wouldn't meet after work too often. Tim wouldn't want Margaret to become suspicious. Not after the row she'd made. Not after he'd promised. No, for the most part, they would use the lunch hour. Tim was an account executive at an advertising firm and took long lunches. For the most part, it would be then. Around noon on the Monday next, she planted herself on the corner of Madison Avenue and 46th Street, across from the stately old office building which housed Tim's firm, and waited. She didn't disguise herself or hide behind a newspaper or anything like that. She wasn't some sleazy private detective after all. She simply stood and watched the entrance. She trusted the Manhattan lunch crowds to hide her well enough. Her husband came out around 12.30 and headed north, up Madison. Margaret followed. At 51st Street, he turned east, leading her away from the avenue. She kept a safe distance, but there was really nothing to worry about. He was walking quickly, intently, without looking back. He made his way past the mobs of Gold Coast lawyers on Park, into the throngs of shoppers on Lexington, and then to the rows of elegant brownstones between 2nd and 1st. One of the brownstones, a fine one, decorated with medallion reliefs, crowned with an exquisitely crafted cornice, was his destination. Margaret hung back and watched him go in. She crossed the street and stared up at the building. The light in the third floor window was the only one on. As she watched, Margaret caught the brief sweep of a fan of golden hair behind the pane. The eager lover rushing to the door. She went into the vestibule and check the name on the mailbox. Nora Wilkins. It seemed to her there'd been a Nora once before. There'll be no more of them, she thought, as she walked away. I'm putting a stop to it here and now. This is the last time. That night, when Noah Wilkins returned home from whatever ridiculous glamour job it was she held, Margaret was waiting for her. Margaret was a firm, no-nonsense sort. She'd made up her mind and she was going to act. But even she quailed a little at the sight of the girl. Nora was more than beautiful. She was nearly perfect. Tall and thin, with gently rounded hips and high breasts that made her spring blouse shiver as she walked. Her face was delicate and sweet, her hair long and shiny and richly gold. Seeing her, Margaret had to summon up an extra measure of courage before she stepped out of the first evening shadows to confront her. Miss Wilkins, she said. 
The girl stopped, puzzled. My name is Margaret Cade. I'm... I know who you are. Tim has told me about you. Her composure took Margaret aback, but she pushed on. Then you know why I'm here. Nora eyed the small, prim, older woman before her with unmistakable distaste. Yes, she said with a sigh. But let's not do this in the street, okay? Margaret nodded and followed her into the building. Upstairs, Margaret waited silently while Nora opened her apartment door. They came into a brightly decorated living room. The angular metal furniture, the posters on the wall, everything struck Margaret with its youthfulness. She stood in the center of the room feeling dowdy and tired with her brown-gray hair tied up in back, her navy blue jacket buttoned almost to the neck. Nora plopped onto a sofa, peach pillows on a shiny metal frame. She stretched her shapely legs out before her. I didn't think you'd try something like this, she said. Why would you humiliate yourself? You'd be surprised at the length one goes to. I hope you never learn. Nora shrugged. I guess it's different for someone your age. I suppose so. There was silence after that. In the face of such arrogance, such coldness, such cruelty was the only word for it. Margaret could think of nothing to say. She felt her resolve melting within her. Look it, said Nora. Tim's a grown man. He knows what he wants, what he needs. If you can't handle that, leave him. There's no law saying you have to stay. Isn't there? said Margaret. Well? Nora gave that infuriating shrug again. What can I tell you? We all make choices in this life, Miss Cade. Yes, Margaret said, trying to keep her voice from trembling with anger. And I can see you've made yours. Excuse me for bothering you. She turned, left the apartment, and hurried down the stairs. In another moment, she was walking toward Second Avenue, wobbling unsteadily on her low heels. One word echoed through her mind over and over. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Her eyes were glazed, her lips white with the force of her rage. On Friday, she gathered what she needed. There was a length of rope in the kitchen broom closet. There were reinforced garbage bags under the sink. The butcher knife was hanging above the stove, but it took her a while to find the hacksaw. Tim had been using it, and it was in a drawer of his desk. Margaret put the things in a tote bag and zipped it shut. This is it. This is finally it, she kept thinking. She took out her knitting and sat with it in the easy chair by the phone. It was a quarter past six when the call came. I'll be a little late this evening. Sorry, darling. Tim was mumbling again. His voice fairly dripped with guilt. We're through doing account. It came up suddenly, eh? She forced herself to smile brightly. That's all right. She cooed into the mouthpiece. I have plenty to do. This is it, she thought as she hung up the phone. This is the last time. She waited until full dark, then took a cab to Grand Central Terminal. There, she took the subway up to Lexington and 51st. She walked from there, gripping the strap of her tote bag in her right hand. This time, 
The lights in the third floor window of the elegant brownstone were the only ones that were not on. Margaret walked into the vestibule and pressed the button next to Nora's name. There was a long pause before Tim's voice came over the speaker. Who is it? It's your wife, Margaret said. The quiet firmness of her voice surprised her. There was another long pause. Then the buzzer went off and the latch of the front door snapped open. Margaret pushed inside. She carried the tote bag upstairs. When she stood before Nora's door, she shifted her grip on the strap, making sure it was secure. She reached for the doorbell, but Tim cracked the door open before she could ring. The look of terror and confusion in his eyes almost made her feel sorry for him. Margaret, he said. I... She pushed the door in and brushed past him into the darkened room. Turn on the light, she commanded. Tim did. Nora was on the floor. Her beautiful body bruised and mottled now. Her face bloated and disfigured. The stocking was tied around her neck so tightly it was nearly buried in her flesh. As Margaret stood staring, Tim shuffled up behind her. Please, he whispered meekly. Please, you have to help me. I don't know what to do. Margaret set the tote bag down on the floor and began to roll up her sleeves. Oh, all right, she said angrily. But this is absolutely the last time. Margaret came prepared to do a messy job when she arrived at Nora's apartment. It turns out her job would be to clean up the mess that her husband Tim had created. There's obviously no limit to what she'll do to save her marriage because they've been through this routine before and it probably won't be the last time. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Mini Mystery Theater. I am Tim Grant, your host, inviting you to stay tuned to this channel and to be sure to tune in for our next episode. Thank you.